Amen. All right, wherever you are, just go ahead and pause. Try to limit distractions. Find yourself a Bible. Uh, you can turn it on, open it up. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 today. Uh, I struggled all week with what to teach today. I landed on like four or five different verses, and finally it wasn't until Friday night <clears throat> that I really landed on Romans 8, 28. I realize that for some, uh, you're very fearful during this time. It's very easy, particularly at night, for your mind just to go, go wild. And so you need strength, you need calm, you need security. Uh, some of you are bored. You've been uh, just bouncing off the walls the last couple of days, and so you could, you could use a good laugh. You could uh, use perhaps a lead on where to find fresh eggs and hand sanitizer. Uh, many of you may even be overwhelmed. Tomorrow is a huge day in the education world, so if you have kids in school, if you're an educator, tomorrow we begin e-learning, and so Zoom and Google Meet, they were cool at first, but now you have uh, AP Classroom, Moodle, ClassReach, RenWeb, all these different things, and it's very easy for it all to become overwhelming. Moms and dads have had a little bit of a overwhelm, a hurricane of suggestions on how do you make every minute of your child's day absolutely count? And so you see all these different things on, on Facebook, and you're like, I I'm just trying to get a shower and make sure that I can eat something today that doesn't come out of a box. And so there's all these different pressures that are on us, and I landed on, on this one verse, and this is really what I want you to take, take with you today. I started to say take home, but you're already home. Uh, Romans 8:28, where the Bible says, we know, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. So here's the question. Uh, are, are we going to be okay? And by we, I mean, are you going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? Is your family going to be okay? Is my family going to be okay? How about our church? Is our church going to be okay? Is your school going to be okay? Your work, your community, your country, our world. Are we going to be okay? And the answer to this is yes. And I'm not just guessing. I, I'm not just being optimistic and hopeful. I know for a fact, with absolute 100% certainty, that we are going to be okay. And the reason why I know this is because I know the God who created all things. You see, He's the, he's the God who hung the stars of the universe on a canvas so vast our mind cannot even conceive its measure. Chronicles says that Chronicle says about him, indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth, yours is his dominion, O Lord. You exalt yourself as head over all. Lamentation reminds us that his loving kindness never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. Jeremiah reminds us that, ah, oh, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. 
1 Samuel chapter 12 reminds us that the Lord will not abandon His people on account of His great name because the Lord has been pleased to make you a people for Himself. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says, He is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Ephesians chapter 4 says, He is a God of great love, a God who is rich and mercy, but He made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. And it is by grace that we have been saved. Revelation chapter 21 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more pain or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. So the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, it comes up to all this with two words. We know. We know. If you, if you just take a look at God's track record, if you believe in Christ, then you don't have to guess, you don't have to wonder, you can have 100% certainty and know, know that God is in control. And so the verse says, we know, and then look at what it says, that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purposes. It's going to be okay. Some things may change. Uh, some days may be hard. But it's going to be okay. Notice all things are working together for the good of those who love God. Now be careful here. It doesn't say that all things are good. Sometimes in an effort to lift up the sovereignty of God we often minimize the reality of human suffering. The sovereignty of God doesn't have to be lifted up. It already exists beyond you. That's what sovereignty is all about. And Romans 8.28 makes a good Facebook post, but it's written actually within a context. And the context in which it's written is the context of human suffering. Difficulty, coronavirus, struggle. The Apostle Paul has been making a case for eight chapters that the harmony of creation has lost its pitch. And we know this to be true. We see it on the news. We read about it. God created this world, and upon completion of the world, He looked at it and said, this is good. But then sin slithered into the world. Humanity fell. Creation is now quarantined in a fallen state. In chapter 3, Paul concludes that everyone, all have sinned, and that the creation itself is saturated by sin. And as a result, we are separated, isolated from a glorious God. And then in chapter 8 and verse 22, Paul says that for centuries, now catch this imagery, for centuries creation has been groaning like a woman giving birth to a child. Now let me say that uh, I have been in a labor and delivery room four times in my life. Uh, and my wife is so amazing that whenever she's giving birth, she writes poetry and bakes cakes. <laughs> uh, just kidding, not really. Uh, labor and delivery rooms are intense. They are not calm places. There is a special kind of poetry that women write in the birthing center. It is a difficult scene that winds up producing new life. Isn't it 
ironic how uh, adversity gives birth to opportunity. And the Apostle Paul argues that the world has been isolated from God through a pandemic known as sin. That's really the whole point of the gospel. That God sends His Son into the world to bring us out of isolation, to end the selfishness, and He rebirths us in faith, hope, and love. It's an amazing story. It's a story that we call the gospel or, or the good news. And to believe in the gospel, let's go back to our verse here. To believe in the gospel is to be called according to His purpose. The Bible says we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. So if you believe in the gospel, then you know that God is working all things together for your good because you have been called according to His sovereign divine purposes. Now stop down just for a moment and think about all the opportunities that uh, the last couple of weeks have brought us. The opportunity to love your neighbor. I had, uh, I had texts coming from two different directions yesterday uh, with people uh, wanting to make masks in order to help senior citizens and little ones be able to get out. The, uh, the opportunity to slow down for a bit and spend time with people that we love. The opportunity to take delight and, uh, and to just see God at work. I, I've been amazed that even through uh, this difficulty that families are turning their homes into houses of worship. And I have been so, so very, very encouraged by how the gospel is going out and, and God is at work. And we as believers, even though times are difficult and, and uh, it's, it's changing, we take delight in the fact that God is at work. How about the opportunity to worship God in your pajamas with your pets around you while eating pancakes? And for goodness sake, throw some chocolate chips in the pancakes. The opportunity to uh, be thankful for simple things, just those simple little things. The other night, uh, the bank six, we, we, the kids were bouncing off the walls, so we all piled in the SUV and we left the house for a few moments, and we went through a drive-through, just going through a drive-through. That was like a big night out on the town. On the way back home, uh, I overheard in our car, hey, you know, Sonic, that is a restaurant that was ahead of its time. <laughs> How about the opportunity to give of ourselves to help those among us that are in need? The opportunity to talk to people and lead them to the saving love of Jesus Christ. Earlier this week, before everything kind of completely shut down, I was, uh, I was washing my hands, and uh, the guy next to me, I, I said to him, man, these are some crazy times that we're living in. And he just started witnessing to me about the gospel. After a while, I was like, hey, hey, I'm a Baptist preacher. I'm, I'm good here. And he was like, oh, praise the Lord. We'll see each other on the other side. I'm like, uh, well, you know, I was getting witness to in this community, and this provides an opportunity for us to share the gospel. These are the opportunities of adversity 
that testify that God's plan is always more immense than what I can sense. I went to school for over 10 years after high school, uh, studying to be a minister. Since I was 14 years old, I felt God's call to be a pastor, to be a minister. I never received one hour of training on how to preach on live stream, how to make graphics, how to host Facebook live parties. By the way, we'll be doing a a Bible study from the back porch at 10 a.m. Monday through Thursday of this week. Hope you'll join us. It lasts about 20 minutes. 10 a.m., uh, we'll, we'll pray, we'll look at Scripture, we'll, we'll just try to find some encouragement with one another. But my point in all this is that this is uncharted territory. All of us, we're living in uh, a new time, and hopefully it doesn't last forever, but, but we're living in a new time. I, I know that there are some educators and parents that are listening, and you feel my pain because you're getting ready to start e-learning. You're getting ready to do the virtual classroom. And the homeschool parents out there, they're looking at all of us and they're like, welcome to the jungle. (laughs) Welcome. Kids are saying, hey, you won't see the sun until you graduate, but you'll own a business and play five instruments at the age of 16. (laughs) Homeschooling. It feels like we're in the wild, wild west right now. Instead of a gold rush, it's a TP rush. Office buildings may one day be like blockbuster video. You can't find them anywhere. Zoom. It's the new AOL. Pastors live streaming all over the country today trying not to look like Wilson from Home Improvements as they live stream their messages. Figuring out how to do these camera angles. Lots and lots of change. Lots and lots to be nervous about. What's going to happen with the price of oil, with T-bills? What's going to happen? Are we going to go into a recession? But here's one thing that I know. It is going to be okay. 100%, not a doubt, absolute certainty. We're going to be okay. Why? Because we know our God. (laughs) We know that our God can work all things together for His good. Our God is sovereign. Our God is good. Our God is loving. Our God is competent, He is just, He is gracious, He is mighty, and our God is in control. And He tells us in His Word, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to work it together for your good and for my glory. The Bible gives you a two-word job description. Love God. He's going to work it together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. If you trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are called according to His purpose. So now what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to love God. What does that mean? It means feet forward, eyes up, God's on His throne. Every day you wake up and you love God. You do the next right thing. Sometimes you just have to pause and take a deep breath. And by the way, don't forget to laugh. And no, it's going to be okay. You say, well, Ash, what, what, if, what if I have to work till I'm 90? It's okay. It's going to be okay. At least you can work from home. You can even work from Shady Shores Retirement Village because we can go online, right? You say, well, Ash, what if, what if we don't get to meet together? I mean, what if we don't even get to meet together on Easter 
hey, the Lord is still risen from the dead. It's going to be okay. You say, what if we lose Wi-Fi? Well, that may not be okay, at least not for a few days, but eventually it would still be okay. Why? Because God's on his throne. Listen, I, I am praying for your health and your well-being. I'm praying every day for our church family. But even if we get sick, it's going to be okay because as believers in Jesus Christ, we live beyond the hundred-year window that we call life here on earth. We live in eternity. And eternity is not just something that's coming one day. Eternity is something that you already are in because you are in Christ. And so we can know with 100% certainty it's okay because we know God. Listen to what the Scripture says at the end of the chapter. I'm in verse 35 now of Romans chapter 8. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? So that's the question. Steve, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Ashley, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Uh, Lisa, who can separate us from the love of Christ? And then it gives a, a list. How about affliction? How about distress? Persecution? Maybe famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? And then it says, no. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, height, depth, or any other created thing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And whenever you find yourself in Christ, even though there might be distance between us right now, we are together in Christ. And we are together, by the way, we're stuck with one another for all eternity because we are in Christ. So we're in a moment of history right now. I encourage you not just to sit around during this time, but to seize the opportunities. Because I believe the great educators of the next 10 years will emerge in the next 10 weeks. I think the great business minds of the roaring 20s will emerge in the next 10 weeks. The next 10 weeks will reveal the innovators, the thinkers, the leaders, the public servants, the private heroes who will shape our world for coming generations now is not a time to cower in fear it is a time to go forward in faith church family i i miss you very much i walked in the building today and the seats were empty and it kind of hit me that you know this is this is our reality right now i walked up to the life cafe and there was no coffee no donuts no taquitos what's going on i I miss my church family very much, but I also know this, that over the next 10 weeks, the church of Jesus Christ may very well experience a generational awakening. That God is doing something, He's stirring something, and we can seize this moment in history. Let's transform this story for God's glory. <laughs> I don't know about you, 
but I want to be a part of what's next. I don't know what's next, but I know God, and I want to be a part of it. So one verse, let me read it to you one more time. As Larry comes, he's going to sing, and, um, and then we'll have a time of prayer. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Wherever you're watching, would you just pause again for a moment? Some families need, may need to gather. Maybe you're in your living room and you might just want to hold hands and gather together for a season of prayer. Some of you may want to take this opportunity in comments to talk about how God has spoken to you today. What has the Holy Spirit impressed upon your heart? Just go ahead and, and share it. Somebody earlier said, my mom taught me not to talk in church. Well, it's kind of a new era right now. It's okay to comment, say, hey, here's what, here's what the Lord has impressed upon me right now. But let's have a holy moment in our houses of worship all around the community as we, as we reflect on what God is teaching us today. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that though we are separated physically, we are together spiritually. I thank you that we are in Christ for all eternity and that nothing can separate us from your love. That we don't have to get up every morning trying to prove ourselves to you, but we can get up every morning secure in you, knowing that you love us and you will never forsake us. Father, help us not to be on a performance bandwagon that thinks that we might somehow uh, earn your love or achieve perfection. But help us to know that we are all in need of your love. But you have transformed us through your story of grace. And though we live in a fallen world where there is suffering and there is pain and there is hurt, you have called us according to your purpose. And so we rest in the knowledge that you can work all things together for good. Help us, Lord, to be a part of turning this story of fear, this story of, of challenge, into a story of your glory. And I pray, Lord, that in the coming weeks, that an awakening might spread across this country that begins in our homes, flows through our streets, and lands in the hearts of people. Help us, Lord, never to be the same because we have found our home in Jesus Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen.